Cultivating Leaders podcast from the Minnesota South District. I'm your host, Billy Schultz, Director of Communications and Mission Support for the District. Today we have Faith Rattay with us. Faith serves St. Peter's Edina as Community Outreach Director. Thanks for joining us, Faith. Hey, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about how you got to be Community Outreach Director at St. Peter's. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I've kind of always had a soft spot for um, people that are kind of on the outside. And, um, of course, the Great Commission. Um, my parents have raised me well. I had, um, I think I'm pretty sure I had an evangelism class when I was in preschool that my dad was leading. So those are sort of my roots. And then um, uh, when I received the call to St. Peter's, I, um, at that point, had served as a director of Christian Outreach for about 10 years. And I was on what I call my sabbatical year at uh, um, serving as a special ed, uh, teaching assistant at my local public school, which was amazing. Um, but I received a call to St. Peter's and it was just such a unique call that I just knew it had to be for me. So <laughs> there I am. So I've been there for about, we going on five years in the fall. So very cool. That's mm-hmm. exciting. What is your um, position look like kind of on a weekly basis, the things that you work on and the ministries that you're involved with? Yeah. So, um, in easy numbers, uh, 75% of my job is uh, working with missional small groups. Um, that's what we call it at St. Peter's. And um, that was new, so a big part of it was just starting it. Um, but we're kind of, we have a little bit of traction now with our uh, missional small groups. And so supporting them and um, trying to develop the leaders within those groups, different, um, the coaches and study leaders and the hosts and that sort of thing, and then helping them. Um, see their goal ultimately um, as a multiplication so that it's not just to have a group that meets forever, but a group that births new groups and that sort of thing. So that's the majority of my time. Um, and then uh, 25% of my job is um, what we call community engagement or, you know, more what you would think of maybe as director of Christian outreach work, you know, connecting with the community and providing opportunities for the community to connect with us. So. Yeah, that's the overview, I guess. Very cool. So you, uh, <laughs> as, as I heard you speak before about, mm-hmm. you have a passion for Financial Peace University, and that's one of those ministries that you've uh, really become quite involved with and are passionate yeah. about. Um, tell me more about where this passion came from and why you see this mm-hmm. as a valuable ministry tool. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's uh, It's been a long time coming, I think. Um, uh, my parents had been through it. Um, a couple times and I had heard of it I knew that some churches around us like when I was at New Life in Hugo I knew that some churches around us were hosting it so it was sort of on my peripheral but I hadn't been through it and um, and I just remember one day talking with my pastor and we were talking about stewardship stuff Um, and uh, I was maybe not the most mature at that point um, around knowing I can trust my pastor and and share some personal things with him but um, we were talking about stewardship stuff, and I was saying to him, you know, maybe we should look into that financial peace thing because people who are really drowning in debt, you know, probably have a hard time thinking about, probably they're probably not tithing. They probably have a hard time thinking about tithing and let alone sacrificial giving and anything, you know, that kind of goes beyond that, sort of the basics of tithing. And of course, I was really speaking about myself, like, <laughs> uh, how 
you know, it was like my secret cry for help. Help me. I, um, this is really challenging. And so, because we have done, we had done what every typical American has done, which is, um, just all the normal stuff, you know, student loans, car loans, house loans, um, uh, credit cards, um, anything you can think of, we tend to charge, you know, or, you know, take on loan. And, um, and it's not anyone else's fault, but we also didn't have any plan alongside of taking out. We just figured oh, that's the way you do it. And we just really didn't have a lot of education around that. So, um, we didn't end up doing FPU. That's okay. Um, at that time, but, um, we, uh, took a call, um, because at the time I was, at the time that I took a call f- um, away from New Life, I was working just part-time at that point. So I was working three different jobs um, to kind of make ends meet and uh, that sort of thing. And so um, we took a call. And part of it, of course, I was very excited about that call, um, the ministry itself. So it wasn't really about the money. But part of it was we thought we could, as Dave Ramsey says, out-earn our stupid. Um, and you can't. So uh, we found that out the hard way. Um, and so we came back from that call. We came back to Minnesota, um, really, uh, um, the most broke I've ever been in my life. And I used to think anyway, pretty broke, uh, that's what, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous would call it. it was our rock bottom, you know? And, um, that was good. Like it is for Alcoholics Anonymous or any other, you know, addiction. We were addicted to debt, I guess. And, um, so we hit rock bottom, and <clears throat> what I had said to my husband was the only way I'll come back to Minnesota is if we take financial peace university, not even really knowing what it was, just knowing it's like, well, we have no clue what we're doing. So <clears throat> we, um, he said, fine. He wasn't even that interested, he said later. Uh, he just wanted a reason, like whatever it took to come back mm. to Minnesota, you know. And so we came back, and um, our first Sunday in church uh, after moving back, um, the church said, so financial peace is starting next week, you know, da, da, da. So, okay. so since then, um, it's been about almost five years and, um, we are almost debt free. Um, if anybody's familiar with the Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey system, it's like we're at almost on a step two, um, which is pretty exciting. Um, cause it was a pretty large amount. So, um, <clears throat> we're excited to move on past debt because really that's, just one step of the whole conversation. It's pretty minimal, but for most people, that's where they're at. And so that's where a lot of the conversation happens around financial peace, but it's a lot more than that. But that's just kind of where we tend to focus. So, um, so sorry, that's a lot of information. That's my, uh, <laughs> that's my um, personal story. And so um, in that sabbatical year is when we took financial peace. And then when we received the call to St. Peter's, and I said, hey, um, this might be something that you guys would want to consider. And, and um, they said, go for it. And um, we uh, have, it's been amazing. We've, we've had anywhere between like maybe three or four people in a class up to 30 people in a class. Wow. And um, the majority of them every time um, have been people not from our congregation. Mm. So in terms of outreach, it's fantastic. We do have people that come to it from our congregation as well, but you know, that 90% of the tenders are from outside our congregation. So I will say it's, I was kind of half jokingly say it's the easiest outreach I've ever done because mm-hmm. you just kind of put it out there and people just come. 
So at least in our neighborhood, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been good. Yeah, that's very so. cool that, that you get so many people not from St. Peter's yeah. in your doors. Um, is, is it easy to get them connected then into the kind of the broader life of the church? Or is, are there some people who kind of come at it from very practical but not a spiritual perspective? Right, right. I think um, a good chunk of them are coming at it from the practical perspective and not necessarily spiritual, which is fine. Um, <clears throat> uh, Dave Ramsey's very, uh, he's not heavy handed um, with the gospel, but it's there. And I appreciate that because, um, you, you know, we talk about spiritual milk and spiritual meat and that this level, this is, this is spiritual milk time, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing, especially for people who are really, some of these people are really, really hurting. I mean, they're, um, at the rock bottom that I was. Um, and so it's, there's a lot of grace and a lot of invitation to trust God and um, know that he loves you and he misses you and, you know, um, has good things for you. So, uh, so that's cool. Um, and I don't mind that they're coming for practical things. And that's kind of a general, for me, a general principle of outreach, you know, it's not so much like you have to have the right priorities to come to these things. And then, um, and then you get to be a Christian or whatever, you know, but you come here with whoever you are and the Holy Spirit does the work to kind of take you to that next step. So we've seen that. I would say it's, it's a nice um, kind of funneling of um, activity. So no matter what, if let's say we have 30 people in the class, we know that we've met 30 people's immediate felt need and that's a caring Christian thing to do. And we're doing it with Christian principles and um, helping them not be, you know, so crazy about financial stuff and kind of have that piece that it's talking about. Um, but then we'll probably get a hand from each class. We'll get a handful of people that um, are interested in sort of a next step. And so what I do is I, I try to, um, well, my motto is no pressure. If you spend any time with me is no guilt, no pressure, um, because it doesn't work anyway. So <laughs> like why, why, why pressure people into doing stuff? So, um, <clears throat> so with that in mind, I, um, kind of tell them who I am in advance. If I'm at the class, I'll tell them who I am in advance. And then um, towards the end of the class, um, I'll put out the sheets about missional small groups and kind of explain what that is a little bit more and show them practically, you know, this, these are a few that are going on and that you're invited to come to. I always say, you know, if we want to just start an accountability group around finances, you know, with, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, they meet every, you know, well, as much as the person needs to, but, you know, the encouragement is to meet on a regular basis with group. And um, it's the same way with this. You just need people who are going through the same thing and can encourage you and challenge you um, to stay focused on your goals and that sort of thing because it, it's easy to get off track. So um, <clears throat> so I've had that before where people have just for a little season, like maybe three months, as they kind of get their bearings, um, meet as a group. Um, yeah. And we've had folks that have... Um, or even now at the point where they're, you know, ready to consider membership at the church, um, where there'd be no way we would have connected with that person otherwise. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's kind of a whole spectrum of participation and sort of whatever the individual's next step is in terms of their faith and their relationship with our church specifically and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's really important to have the, those tie-ins where you can say, yes. we're not just having this class for this set period of time and that's all we want you to be involved with. We want you to be part Right. of the life of the church and to know who Jesus is and to grow and right. following him. 
Um, so who leads those classes for financial peace? Is that you sometimes lead it? Do you have yep. other leaders that you bring on board and yes. train to do that as well? Yes, um, I'm trying. So I know we're talking about cultivating leaders, and so I just want to quickly upfront say <laughs> I'm not an expert, and I uh, and uh, there's no magic bullet for cultivating leaders, and that you know it's it really is an art and not a science, and you're working with people, and so you know it's always a growing process. But yes, I typically did it at the beginning. I think I needed to get my bearings as a, that's kind of how I do things. I like to, it's just my style to, I want to experience it first so I know what I'm asking the leader to step into and kind of experience what their challenges might be so hopefully we can resolve some of them. And then secondly, you know, just prepare them for what some of the challenges are that are coming. So um, so now we've slowly moved to um, uh, lay people are leading it for us. And so my ideal for financial piece is that let's say I'm leading a class right now. It's, it's nine weeks and a member of our congregation is going through the class. Um, then the next time we would co-coordinate together. Uh, financial piece is very particular. Say they're coordinating. They're not leading. They're not teaching mm. so that they don't feel um, the responsibility to know all the financial answers or, you know, have every solution that every individual could possibly need. It's just coordinating. So you're just kind of setting it up and facilitating it. So anyway, member goes through it with me. And then if they're willing, I would, you know, invite them to consider co-coordinating with me. And then in that second session, um, there's probably another member. And so then the third class, the first student can be the sort of lead coordinator and this next person can be the co-coordinator with them, so I could step back, is um, in theory. And then um, that cycle could just kind of keep replicating, so that financial piece or or any, I think you could apply that principle to any um, leadership opportunity, isn't suddenly become this one person's forever gig, mm-hmm. which we know is part of the problem. People get burned out. Yes, they we just kind of assume, oh yeah, um, well you do this and you like it, so you'll do it forever. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. Uh, so that's uh, my goal, and that's worked pretty well. Um, we've had all different types. Um, uh, we've had members, um, and uh, we've had our teachers from our early childhood center participate and co-coordinate. Oh, cool! Um, which is, um, I think, good, and and that's sort of the benefit to the congregation to use financial peace as a tool. Is um, yes, it's a great outreach tool, uh, but I mean, you can't beat what you're providing for your members too. Um, so getting new leaders involved yes. is a really important part of, of any ministry. Um, what other ministries do, do you use at um, St. Peter's to do outreach and, and how do you involve other new leaders mm-hmm. and lay leaders in those ministries? Um, yes, that's a great question. Um, well, let's see. I think we'll maybe talk about... Um, maybe mission and ministry. Um, oh, I was going to say that financial peace helps us connect um, the current members like I was talking about, but also reconnecting older members. We've mm-hmm. had a few people kind of get reconnected to us um, that had maybe not been participating. But um, um, mission-wise, and other things that we have going on is, um, well, I like to call them bridge events, is, um, is sort of the event-based stuff, and that's stuff we do on our campus. Missional small groups really is our main outreach focus. Mm-hmm. So the goal of missional small groups is um, 
whatever you would think of as the traditional small group where you're coming together, you're growing in your faith and you're um, encouraging each other kind of in just day-to-day life stuff, doing mm-hmm. life together. Um, but what makes it missional is that we're also thinking about and praying for and inviting our friends that maybe don't attend church or, you know, you know, maybe are in a different place spiritually and creating a safe space that they can come and just have spiritual conversations um, where they may not show up for our worship service, mm-hmm. you know, on a Sunday morning. They're just not going to walk through the door, you know, sort of thing. So that's really our main outreach focus. Um, and so that's why that's 75% of my job is because I'm constantly looking at ways to equip people to feel comfortable inviting their friends and that sort of thing and, and serving outside themselves, not just serving each other. So um, so that's our biggest part. But the bridge events, they're called bridge events because we have things that would bring people onto our campus. Um Again, sort of folks that would never just walk through the door on a Sunday morning on their own independently. And so some of these things probably sound familiar to um, folks that have been in ministry for a while. So we have like Trunk and Treat, mm-hmm. you know, National Night Out, um, those types of things. Uh, we do some stuff through our Early Childhood Center. Some events are open to the public and some aren't. But like our Happy Birthday Jesus Party is um, it is basically a worship service the kids leading us, you know, in worship. Mm, but cool. Everybody's invited, and um, <laughs> that's when we have standing room only in our sanctuary. Um, is it Happy Birthday Jesus party? So, um, so you never know. Um, one thing that is maybe not typical, but is pretty cool, is Youth Impact Racing. Um, our pastor um, was really uh, instrumental in bringing that to our congregation, and we're partnering the, with the Ministry of Youth Impact Racing. So, we have the facility with our um, ginormous gym that we have, um, and um, they come in and set up a full track, um, literally take up the entire gym to set up this track where kids then do remote control racing. Mm. We're on the track, and it's all very real. Uh, They're not, you know, they've got uh, like a virtual racing in one room where they can practice things, and um, they learn uh, practical skills about like repairing vehicles and that sort of thing, and um, they have like a small group time. So it's another version of a missional small group um, where they can um, talk about their day and pray and um, um, learn more about the word and that sort of thing. So um, that's kind of a cool, unique one um, that we have. And so those are bridge events. And then community events, um, those are just events that I say we we go to where the community is already doing things. So like the 4th of July parade in Edina, or um, they have a service group called Edina Challenge and that sort of thing. And so participating with them and um, <clears throat> meeting them where they are and just serving in that way to kind of create an opportunity to build relationships and spaces for conversation about Jesus. So, um, so that's sort of the extended outreach stuff. And so in terms of leaders being involved in that, we're actually right in the process of getting better about that. Um, we, um, you know, of course, always have uh, volunteers that make that possible. But in terms of equipping lay people and kind of handing off that they, you know, feel confident and comfortable and passionate about leading whatever, you know, area they're leading, we're working on that. We're um, using the book From Followers to Leaders. Um, I have to remember who that's by, by Robert Logan, Tara Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really helpful book for me personally. I was going through a coaching training and, um, I was introduced to that book and it was one of the most practical 
tools um, that I've read about how to equip volunteers, or excuse me, how to equip followers to be leaders. So um, <clears throat> it's basically, it basically gives you a template how to do that mm -hmm. um, and that you can adjust it to each type of ministry that you're trying to help people be equipped for. So, um, so we're in the process of doing that and kind of trying to change our mind and the way we think about approaching people and, and working with people. Um, cause that's a big shift. I think that's a big shift for a lot of us in sort of church culture. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of us, including myself, sort of, even if we don't intellectually want to function on some assumptions, we naturally function on some assumptions like, oh, you've been in church forever. So I could just ask you to do this and you'll just magically be okay with it, know how to do it, have joy while you're doing it, and naturally equip other people to do it too. And that's a lot to put on, you know, put on people. And so um, so that's something we're working on. But um, I can see it happening and we're um, working on what the book calls paths, creating paths for people that we, that each volunteer role or leadership role has a, a, a um intentional path for them to walk through that creates an opportunity um, for them to also conclude that role when, you know, like a time for review and how do you feel? Do you like this still? Mm -hmm. You know, that sort of thing. Um, and that somebody is always walking with that person on the path. Yeah. So it's not, not necessarily me, but um, maybe another leader or volunteer is walking with them and kind of walking through those various steps in their path so that no one's walking alone which would be key, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that um, they can know that this opportunity has been thought about and thought through. And so it's not some scary black hole that you're asking them to step into to lead. So um, so that's where we're growing at St. Peter's. I'm excited about it. Mm -hmm. I think I think the staff and the lay leaders are pretty excited about too because I think we can see how that's going to be so beneficial but mm -hmm. it's a lot of work it is a lot of work on the on the front end right right um, and we hear from a lot of our churches that um, they want to incorporate new leaders into their ministries and get younger leaders involved right. and and there's just a lot of questions of well how do I do this yes. and, and I think you model it well with how you talked about um, bringing new those the coordinator people yeah. into financial peace mm -hmm. and, and you know going through the materials themselves as students and then okay, now you're going to be you know, an apprentice of sorts. Right. And then, okay, you're ready to go. You don't have to lead now every class session. You can lead for a nine-week session. Right. You're not locked into this forever. Just like <laughs> be involved with you know, certain church boards and committees where yeah. it's not this open-ended, well, for the next 30 years of your life, you're right, right. involved with it. You have the opportunity to, to hand it off to somebody else who's also been equipped and trained. Right. And, you can feel confident about that. I think mm -hmm. part of it, I, I think that's a great point, is that sometimes it's not that the person doesn't want to hand off, but they don't see that there's anyone else equipped. And so they're trying to be a good leader and say, well, I don't want to hand this off to no one mm -hmm. or, you know, hand this off to someone who's not equipped. And so I'll just keep doing it. Um, but it's sort of that, well, I, that's where it can start to feel not as much fun, yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> you yeah, know, when you feel like, well, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, and I often say to, um, leaders, lay leaders and, 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 uh, staff and faculty and just say it to myself sometimes, um, you've, you've got to do that because there is a lot of joy in ministry. And if one person is responsible for most of it, or, you know, if I'm doing most of it, then other people are missing out on the joy. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes it's becoming not so much joyful for me or the individual that's doing all the work. And so not only is that person missing out, but you might be, you might have like a joy leak, you know, (laughs) in your ministry. Uh, And so, um, so it's a real blessing, but like you said, it's it's hard work in advance, and I think, and I don't mean this in a shamey way. I just think that's the main reason most of us, including myself, don't do it um, in advance, is because it takes a lot of um, prep work and thinking and intentionality on the front end. And we're busy trying to keep the plate spinning, so it's yes. hard to commit time to you know sit down and create these paths and different things. Find that... new people to spin the plates. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> right. Before they all fall off. Right, right. Yeah, and that's a paradigm Some... shift. I mean, that's, Yeah, that's I was going to say, sometimes you got to let them fall. Shift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's been a thing for us, too. We're talking more about um, really evaluating and um, being okay with stopping things mm-hmm. um, if they're not serving their purpose or maybe adjusting the purpose, you know, to, you know, doing that. And that's a big part of, I think, leadership and equipping other people, too, is to be willing to have those conversations graciously. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, I was doing for a while, it was uh, something called Splash, and it's for uh, young parents and young kids. Well, I mean, it could be older parents, but it's for young kids with their parents. And um, and it was, for a season, it was really serving a exciting group of, you know, a good group of people that would make it worth the purpose that it was serving. But then after a season, it wasn't. And I just said, let's just stop it. It doesn't mean we can't ever do it again. Um, but let's just take a break right now and um, kind of reevaluate the future. And actually, it's sort of been taken up again, um, but a different name, a different time, but mm. same concept. Um, and it's doing really cool things. So I think it's important to remember it's okay just to stop mm-hmm. some stuff, too. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, we get sort of married to some of our activities mm-hmm. and stuff. So Yeah, programs can often become the main focus instead of what the programs are there for and right. getting people, the people connected with Jesus. Right. Right. We get lost. That gets, sometimes gets lost in all the busyness. So, yeah. So you talk a lot about with, you know, some of these events and, and activities programs, mm-hmm. the idea is to really get people to be in a place where they feel safe to ask questions, to mm-hmm. be connected with Christians, people that are, you know, from outside the church or maybe, you know, lapsed members, things like that. Right. And how important it is just to give people that space where they feel safe connecting. Um, where do you see What's that? Um, yeah. Where, where do you see that going? Do you see, um, mm-hmm. you know, in getting more people um, trained to think that way, um, what, what challenges are there in that and getting people to look to their neighbors and look to their friends, look to the, the people that used to be in the pew next to them mm-hmm. and, and see opportunities yeah. for connection. Right. Um, it is a challenge. Uh, and uh, it's easy for me. I'm a very, um, how do you say, like I'm an administrative type person. So it's easy for me to put events together and, um, and get people excited. It's harder for me um, and for the rest of us, I guess, you know, to help people kind of to really be intentional about that next step. So, um, in financial peace, it's nice because you've got people that have been together for about nine weeks um, that have gotten comfortable with each other, probably shared some, they don't have to, but might have shared some private, personal things, and so have sort of started to feel that missional small group experience. And so when I talk about it, it's um, it's not like, what? You know, mm-hmm. what are you saying? I don't, this is a completely foreign concept. Um, and so... Um, that's helpful in the, I sort of see the, um, community, community events for sure. The bridge events kind of 
as more of like a shaking of a hand to new people. And so the hope is uh, we try to have sort of a next step available for um, whoever's attending, um, especially the bridge events, where they could also get connected to like Michelle Small Group or just telling them what the next thing is. So for example, sometimes we've done like National Night Out. And so that's a handshake. Hi, we're St. Peter's. You're welcome here. We're not crazy. We're just normal people that love Jesus, you know, Um, because people don't know, you know, people you don't know, you think they might be a little weird, whatever. So it's a great way just to say hi and serve and have fun um, and be casual. And then at the welcome table for that um, and the like goodie bags going home, it has information about financial peace. Mm. And so sort of we go from uh, a bridge event like financial or like national night out where we're just introducing ourselves if a couple people choose to then come to financial peace, they know about that. Then they have that extended time that's a little bit more personal but not overpowering, you know, of let us serve you in a really um, important way, tangible way. Oh, not only are you not weird, but you um, are kind and mm-hmm. you're helping me to need and you have practical things. And so we're just kind of – it's like you develop any relationship. You're just slowly letting them know that you care about them in a way that they can receive that information from you. Um, and then it would move on to the missional small groups and then peripherally it moves on to um, participating in worship mm-hmm. that now I know a group of people that are safe and caring and we're doing life together and um, they go to worship at this church and they seem to like it and talk about it and they've invited me a couple mm-hmm. times and that sort of thing and then um, so then you're experiencing worship and of course all the amazing things that happen there in terms of Baptism and communion, of course, the word uh, being presented. And um, and then theoretically, then from there, you know, then, you know, they're coming to faith and they're um, saying, well, we're saying, well, you need a church to be connected to. And, of course, um, we support, you know, uh, what you choose, but you're sure welcome here at St. Mm-hmm. Peter's. And so um, that's sort of the process that we um, kind of see happen. Um, there's always strengthening and I think in those links between those different events um, that we can do, but that's kind of the process that we've seen happen at St. Peter's. So it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Very cool. So Very exciting things happening. Yeah. Um, so when you think about um, maybe advice you'd give to other churches who, who have gone, gone through the same process mm-hmm. and are, are wanting to find ways to connect, but maybe haven't found those ways to connect yet. Um, what can you share with them that might help them see possibilities in their community Um, and meeting those needs and connecting people to the church. Yeah, probably the biggest thing uh, would be to pray. And I know sometimes that, and anything I'm saying, I'm saying about myself too, we can sort of say that and we think of it as, okay, yeah, yeah, that's the right first answer you're supposed to say. And then we don't actually pray. You know, we sort of think it's like, oh, yeah, that's the pat answer. But um, it really is. And uh, I think the more we invest in, in prayer, and seeking God's direction and um, asking his Holy Spirit to be guiding us. I mean, we can't, you can't really go wrong, you know, with mm-hmm. that. And so, um, and you can't really do too much of it. So, um, so that really is sincerely my first suggestion. Um, I'm very thankful. We've spent the last, I would almost say two years at this point, having a major prayer focus at St. Peter's, um, and it, it, it just changes attitudes, it changes perspectives, it, it changes everything. And so um, I'm very thankful for that. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. Now, that's a pat answer. 
that everyone will like, um, an answer that not everyone will probably like, um, is developing a target. <laughs> um, I think even if we understand it intellectually, um, in practice, it's really hard um, for us to say we're targeting this specific group of people. Because especially in America, we think, well, we're here for everybody and everyone is welcome. Well, of course that's true. Um, the gospel is for everyone. But every, no one church can reach everyone and not designed for it, really. Um, and if Jesus can have targets, like when Jesus came, you know, his first and foremost focus was the Jews, you know, mm-hmm. to, to reach the Jews. Um, and, of course, he, there were times he would, you know, care for and attend to um, the Gentiles and that sort of thing. But if Jesus can have a target, we can have a target, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, and so that's where I think that prayer it becomes so important, that you're not just creating a target that you've dreamed up as this is who we're designed to reach, but who has the Lord um, called you to reach out to specifically? Um Logically, the majority of your people or your community might be a certain type of person, but the Lord is calling you to reach maybe a smaller population that's in your community or vice versa. Or you might be um, a church that's located directly across from a college campus. Um, Well, St. Peter's is not located directly across from a college campus, so our ministry probably is not, you know, our main target probably Mm -hmm. is not college kids. They're sure welcome. We love having them around, you know, but that's probably not who the Lord has for us. And so I think um, that work is really important and it can help you decide, okay, if our, let's say our focus is um, uh, senior friends, let's say there's a senior citizen center across the um, road from your church. And so that's your main focus. Well then um, if you have 15 things going on for college students, you know, that helps you kind of reevaluate. Well, maybe we should have three things for college students and have 10 things for the senior citizens, you know, that type of thing. And so it helps ease up some of that decision-making around activity and that sort of thing that, um, because we're all, all of our congregations are um, in some way limited in terms of time and finances and uh, people power and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So, um, so those are probably my two biggest ones. Um, yeah, and it's important to be intentional of that to know what your community is is like. And, mm-hmm. and I know at the district level we have resources with LCEF to do demographic yes. studies in your community. Um, you know, and there's other ways that you can go about finding out what you know community assets are there. What are the needs? What are the resources? Yes. How how can some of these needs be met? Because yeah, every community is going to be different, right? In, in what its needs are, what the people bring to it that can help meet those needs. Absolutely. I, um, you know, I always like to say, let's work smarter, not harder. And, and the district does have a lot of resources. Like you said, through LCEF, it's a perfect place to start. Um, I just finished reading Hinges. I know that um, um, the district has um, a couple of leadership summits coming up. Correct, yeah. Um, and uh, having just read the book and um, and kind of being familiar with that whole process i highly encourage people it's free i believe right the yes we do summit, have copies. So, so yeah the summit has a has a small small fee small fee but, for some of the materials but otherwise right. yeah it's a great, I mean, minimal, great opportunity right compared to other leadership conferences mm-hmm. and that's certainly minimal and um honestly much of what um is in hinges is kind of just how i do my job you know and and then having read it i'm like oh it's a textbooks for what I do, you know? <laughs> so, um, so that's great. There's a lot of resources. It doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg 
to reach people for Jesus. And I think that's, you know, where I love that idea of starting with prayer, but working smarter, not harder, knowing what's going on in your community, talking to community leaders, asking what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I can have a bunch of ideas and start implementing them. And it isn't relevant in any way to the, my community. And it's sort of, um, you know, disappointing to me and irrelevant to them. And, you know, it doesn't help get the gospel out. So that kind of work is really important. You're right. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And as you're training up new leaders, those people have different relationships and connections too. And yes. it probably just feeds. Oh my goodness. Then, oh, hey, I heard about this, this um, need at the food bank or something like yes. that. And oh, hadn't heard about that. But mm-hmm. because this person now has been kind of brought into the leadership culture. Right. And, and understands the mission and the vision of the congregation mm-hmm. can help lead and find those new ministry opportunities yep. too. And just having conversations with them, whoever your next leaders are, sort of can determine where things go for their giftings. And like you said, not just their networks, but just what do they do during the day? Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you might need. You know, oh, you're a website designer. We don't have a website. Would you be interested? You know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, um, and so, yeah, it's. I think that's what's hard about cultivating leaders. I think that's what's hard about leadership is it's uh, – I've heard someone say it's like trying to hold jello or nailing jello to the tree, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Um, <laughs> That's a little extreme because you can do it and it's, you know, it doesn't just fall through your fingers. But, you know, you, it's an art and not a science. And it, and uh, it really is about being attentive, being attentive to what the Lord is doing and calling you to or your congregation to. And being attentive to who the Lord has brought to you, whether it's potential leaders or um, people that are just coming to faith and that sort of thing. So, um, uh, that's probably the key, I guess, is being attentive. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, always listening to you know what God's saying through His Word and mm-hmm. through His people to to know. Here's where we're being called, and right, and He does He does make it known, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes, He's not keeping a secret. So. No. <laughs> well, thank you Good. so much, Faith, for yeah. your time today and uh, for sharing about your ministry, your your story, and and how um, you see leadership and outreach kind of working hand in hand in uh, bringing people. Uh, the gospel message. So thanks so much. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to listening to the other podcast as well. Well, that's it for uh, this episode of Cultivating Leaders. Thank you for listening.